your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Thursday, October 14th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So Florida Panther fans, we made it. It's opening night. It's a hockey night in South Florida. Very grateful to be in the region for tonight's game. And also, I'm very thankful for one other reason, because joining me on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast to preview not only tonight's game between the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, but also to preview the season is from the Hockey News. Please welcome back second time guest now, Aaron Brown. Aaron, how are you doing? Good morning. Having my coffee and ready to chat hockey. Yes. Yes. Uh, this was, um, this was uh, for the listeners, this was something that was kind of a little unexpected. We were texting back and forth, uh, not knowing whether this was going to happen ba- based on scheduling. But hey, I uh, got a text this morning from Aaron and uh, we, we made it happen. Very grateful for, for, for you to be joining. Thanks for, thanks for having me back. So you psyched? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very psyched. Um, I mean, with the football side of things not being so great <laughs> right now oh. with the Miami Dolphins, uh, definitely uh, with uh, how the Florida Panthers looked in the preseason, all the anticipated moves, uh, acquiring Sam Reinhart and uh, keeping the keeping the run it back mentality for this team based on what they were building on the foundational season, which was last year. Now it's really that time to really show the world and show the hockey world really that last season was no fluke. I, I completely agree. I don't think, geez, this is, this is tough. I, I don't think the, we've had this level of anticipation. I mean, legitimate anticipation. And, and I know every year, you know, good things happen. You get, have off-season moves. Guys are ready to make the next step. But I don't think we've had this level of anticipation in Florida since maybe when um, Pavel Bure was here and they brought in his brother. He was with Victor Kozlov. I guess that would have been the 99-2000 season. So it's been a long time. And to be very honest, what they have on the ice now is better than what they had on the ice then, I think, top to bottom. So... um, yeah, this is maybe that's why we're all awake so early because everybody knows it's opening night. Everyone has been waiting for this, and uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. I think as long as they stay healthy, 
And right now, hold our breath, you know, with with Nolachari. That's a that's a pretty key piece that they don't have uh, for a little while. But um, but uh, but that aside, this is this should be very very fun. Yeah, and I um and I was at the game in Orlando where the 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 injury happened based on the faceoff and all the scuffles with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, and now he's on long-term injury reserve he's going to be out for a little bit but but the, the, this game coming up against the Pittsburgh Penguins um yesterday it was announced which was the expected announcement in my opinion mm-hmm. that Sergei Bobrovsky was going to be the opening night starter for against the Pittsburgh Penguins and there's a lot of reactions of course good and bad and I try to be on the even keel side of things and say this is the 10 million dollar man this is the veteran guy being in the crease mentoring the young goaltender in Spencer Knight. And I'm not going to shout out anyone here being critical of it. I'm not, that's not what I'm here for, but um, Aaron set a little bit of light on what um, on Sergey Borowski opening the season as the starter for the Panthers. I, I think it's the move you make. I, I mean, yes. Is Spencer Knight phenomenal? He absolutely is. Did he have a great start to his career? He absolutely did. Uh, he, you know, the problem is, I think he's got a total with regular and playoff games, six games under his belt. He has not earned an opening night start yet, no matter how good he has been. He is, what, 20? 19, 20? He's not there yet. He's going, I think, to get plenty of time this year. But he's still got to earn that time. Uh, you don't want to just start giving everything away to a young goaltender, putting him in this mindset that, you know, he has nothing more to work toward. And, and man, Knight is, is a phenomenal player, a phenomenal player. Uh, but you still have to handle him the right way. And he's, he's not... He's not there. He doesn't he doesn't just get an opening night start because he had four good regular season games pretty much with the exception of one, I think, uh, with pretty much the the playoff race wrapped up and then, you know, a one and one record in the playoffs. That's that's not your that's that's not an opening night start uh, worthy yet, but he's going to get plenty of time. I don't think anyone needs to worry. Um you know, there could be just another thing in terms of, um, remember, he hasn't seen all of these teams yet. Um, I didn't, I haven't looked at numbers, but, you know, there could be a numbers game involved. But, you know, I, I think if you're getting upset over Spencer Knight, uh, not getting a start, you just need to cool down. It is not the end of the world. Long season, they have the 82 games. They're going to have to play both goaltenders, you know, pretty, pretty well. So, um don't don't panic. Don't panic, folks. Okay. Game and one. let alone it's just game uh, one. And let alone an Olympic break uh in between with the All-Star game being in Vegas uh yeah. and then shortly after. Yeah. That's you know what? That's actually something that concerns me the most out of this entire season. Uh you know, it, it, obviously everyone wants to see their favorite players go to the to the Olympics. Um but at the same time that is a very, that's very, very high level. That is going to be uh, expending a lot of energy. And you wonder, uh, 
you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but you wonder if a lot of the Panthers do go, what impact does that have? You know, how much, how much energy did they lose from these guys because they've gone and played in this very, you know, highly anticipated high level, um, high level tournament. So um, yeah. So again, long season, long, long, long season, longer than we've seen in the last two years. Mm-hmm. This, this is something that has to be, they, they have to pace themselves. Uh, they, they, that's, that's, I think another small concern. They are, they were playing preseason like gangbusters. Fantastic to see. You want to see that you want to see them get off to a good start. Um, but it, it kind of reminds me a little teeny bit of how they finished last year where they were just, I just kept thinking to myself, did they, did they peak a little too early? Um, so got to pace yourself. I think that's going to be the key to this year. Uh, not just learning how to get in and win and then succeed after, but how to make sure you're not using all your energy up, let's say before that all-star break. Uh, making sure you have enough to get through the season. And I know teams in the past, like historically, a lot of the Panthers teams that started well, they'd hit February and March and just be out of gas. But then you had some of the really bad starts, then they'd suddenly find their game at the wrong time in like March. So I think that's going to be so crucial for them this year to just be patient with the process, to not over overextend themselves, but make sure they get in that playoff uh, playoff spot. That's the key. It, it, I don't think it matters where they end up. They just just get in. That's all you guys need mm-hmm. to do. Just get in. And I hope that's the message being conveyed in the locker room. And it helps me rewind a little bit just to a few years ago, even before the COVID shutdown. I remember the Florida Panthers were coming off the All Star break in. 2020 and there I remember their very first game back well I don't know if it was the all-star game it was a bye week because teams had different bye weeks based on the scheduling with the all-star game I think the Florida Panthers had a later one and their very first game was like a 2 p.m matinee matchup against Montreal and that was the start of like the downward trajectory of that team at the time and that was that was a break that like kind of hurt them but I mean you, they're still professionals. They still have to find a way to still show up on the ice and still be ready to play. So I'm not trying to make any uh, excuses on that. And the players at the time won't tell say that neither. They'll say we weren't ready, and that I can I can see why that Olympic break can be concerning because I think their last game is like February second or third, and then their mm-hmm. next game isn't until the 28th. So yeah. I, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but I think it's about it's about that much of a gap. So I definitely, definitely see where you're coming from. So let's talk about this, um, this upcoming game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins, man, they, they started off really hot with, uh, with defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning by a final score of six to two on Tuesday night as the opener. It was the battle of the two teams that last three a lot of people aren't high on the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins based on are they a little older? <laughs> are well, they are a little older. Excuse me. Is their <laughs> age going to catch up to them? And um, is uh, Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby are they going to come back healthy? But even without those guys, this is a team that was top five in scoring just last year. There's still questions on their goaltending with uh, Tristan Jari um, after trading away Matt Murray to the Ottawa Senators just two seasons ago. So. 
Did did you get a chance to watch uh, the game on Tuesday? And what were your impressions on uh, Pittsburgh? If you did, I did. I I, I thought it's funny. Uh, it, Pittsburgh didn't stand out to me so much as Tampa looked flat. And the, the takeaway from honest, I, I, honestly, like I I I I think keeping an eye on the Lightning is not not necessarily a um, a bad a bad thing. Um, I think as far as uh, Pittsburgh goes, even though granted they scored three empty net goals in that game because John Cooper seemingly wanted to send a message to his team on banner night, which is very odd. Um, I don't know if that's the time and place to do it, but I guess when you have a three-year contract, it doesn't really matter. Um, but but the, the takeaway from that is, you know what? The, the Penguins not having Crosby, not having Malkin, uh, you know, having seen some change over time. And I, 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 I think their, their window might be closing. There, there has to be some reshuffling there. But I think what they can take away from that game is, you know, hey, we can hang. We can hang with guys. So I, I think that after the preseason with Florida, I think if, if Florida comes out flat, oh, my goodness, they're going to get a lot of criticism and they earned it. Uh, but I think they do need to take Pittsburgh seriously because if that's what they can do to Tampa Bay, even, you know, three, take, take those empty net goals away, 3-2 game. That's a, that's a pretty good outcome against the, the Stanley Cup champions. Um, so I think that uh, they can still be dangerous. They're probably, you know, like a Panthers team from – a few seasons ago, maybe, maybe like the Bugner era kind of Panthers where there's some dangerous talent there and you have to respect them. And if you don't, they can, they can make you pay without you realizing it. So um, they, I, I have a, again, after this preseason, I have a positive sense that they know we have to come ready to play. They under, I think they understand that now, whereas in previous seasons, they, the Panthers didn't. Um, so Got to be careful about the Penguins, but Panthers. I, I don't. I don't. Again, if they if they play like Tampa did, they will have a lot of criticism, and I think they will have deserved it. So we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Battle Line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And two factors come into play, in my opinion. Number one is when a lot of teams travel down south, usually they usually they make the trip to Tampa first before anything. Of course, it's more north, mm-hmm. northwest of Sunrise. So a lot of teams make that travel to to the Gulf first before coming down to Sunrise. Sometimes it's the other way around, but most times it's Tampa first. So mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers, first of all, had the opportunity to watch a little bit if they if they 
did that on their off time, on their leisure time, they they had a chance to see to scout a little bit and to like see like what what this other team is about. And of course, they 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 face the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, a few days from now as well in the just the third game of the season. But also, I think of the Coach Q factor too. Coach Q is not just gonna take any opponent lightly. I mean, between these two coaches, between the two coaches of John Cooper and and uh, Coach Q, there's uh, two two cups. And even with uh, with uh, Mike Sullivan with the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's the coach of the he's going to be the coach of the Team USA national team for the mm-hmm. upcoming Olympics. Two Stanley Cup champions chips as well. So they they're it's they've uh, been there, done that, and they uh, they're always. I always I have confidence that Coach Q is just gonna keep his team ready, but at the same time, I he's not gonna overreact after one loss. It's, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. I I completely agree. I think it's more of the sense of you know it, it, again with with what Cooper did. I don't I don't know if that was I don't know if a public flogging was really warranted. It just it just was kind of really awkward on the internet, and I I just. You know, obviously, they're not playing well. They're not going to win. But do you do you pull your goalie with six minutes left? And and granted, they scored, but but then do you kind of continue to embarrass them? I I don't know that that was the great thing. So so granted, if I I don't want to talk about a potential loss, right? Like I don't necessarily want to say that. I just I think if something like that happened, yes, I agree. I don't think it's going to be. a public humiliation like Tampa saw the other day. I think it's, you know, meetings, guys are going to be yelling at each other. But the other thing too, that I like about this, this locker room uh, is that they have the guys in there now. I don't, I don't know that it gets to that point. I would like to think that, you know, if they have a terrible first period, let's just say, you know, let's just assume the worst, right? They have a terrible first period. I would like to think that there's going to be yelling by Patrick Hornquist and Joe Thornton, uh, you know, some of those veteran guys to step up and say, guys, this is crap. I, obviously it would not, I'm being G rated here, but I, I, I have to think that they have that component now. Uh, so I, I don't think it would get to, you know, what, what happened in Tampa and, and heaven forbid it did. I think that that's something that they keep within their room. I think that they would, they would know it. They would know it. Um, Again, I thought with the Tampa situation was a very unique one because literally, like, what, a day earlier, John Cooper signs a three-year contract. If there's ever a time you're going to do something that would piss off a lot of people, not get you fired necessarily, but just, like, sit very uncomfortably, I guess that's the time to do it because you've got a three-year contract. So if they really want to get rid of you at that point, you're going to walk away with a lot of money. So... It was just a weird timing, but um, but yeah, I think to be very honest, I I think that the Panthers do have to be careful because there are such high expectations. Um, there's probably some nervousness that okay, like what if we don't do this? It happens. It's opening night. It's an 82 game season, but I think as long as they uh, recognize that quickly and just you know those veteran leaders step up. Uh, you know, people do what they need to. I, I think, I think they ha- they are in a better situation. I just I don't see something going that far, no pun intended, that far south as <laughs> it kind of did in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And 
I wasn't really too high on the Joe Thornton signing when it first happened, but I'm starting. I've warmed up to it more, and I've accepted it as well. And it's going to be great for the locker room. And if that were to happen, then you'll have Joe Thornton definitely talking to the guys and a lot of expletives too, probably in that yeah. locker room to just say, "Hey, what are you guys doing? What do you, what, what, what? Why are we playing like this?" So yeah, definitely. So when it comes to the lineup for this Florida Panthers uh, team, uh, just doing this on the top of my head uh, for for the listeners as well. The expected lines are going to be Carver Hagee, Alexander Barkoff, Sam Reinhart. Second line is going to be Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, Sam Bennett, Owen Tippett. Third line is going to be Frank Petrano, Anton Lundell. I want to talk about mm-hmm. Anton Lundell in a little bit. And uh, third, um, I'm blanking on oh, the... Oh, uh, Hornquist is on Hornquist the third line. Hornquist um, on the third line. And then fourth line is Itulusterainen, Joe Thornton, and Anthony Duclair. For for the fourth that and defensive pairings, um, Uyghur Ekblad, Borsling Gudas that that one was a shock from a few days mm-hmm. ago, and then Nudavara Montour on the third line with Bobrovsky starting, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest surprises to me was was especially with Anton Lindell not playing until the final two preseason games was. Him making the opening night roster. I mean, maybe Nolatari's injury had a little bit to do with it, uh, based on his LTIR status and uh, giving him an opportunity. But as far as when Lundell was hurt after the prospect tournament, what were you thinking then, based on his chances to make the roster versus now where we're at? You know, when I had to write my preview for the hockey news this now now just just a heads up anyone who doesn't know how media works some of this stuff is written quite far in advance it's not something that like the you know the preview issue came out three days ago I didn't turn that in you know a week a week prior um that was something that that I just saw happening Lundell is too good he was exceptional in the the Finnish league he was playing with men in the Finnish league he was centering Helsinki's top line. I mean, you know, you talk about prospects, uh, you know, kind of seeing a contrast. Henrik Borgstrom, name from the past, right? He was on that same team. He was on the third line <laughs> until until Lindell got hurt last year, and then he got bumped up. Um, but Lindell is just uh, he he's he's just kind of a perfect fit, I think, for that third line. He's going to have two great guys beside him um, who, who can score. I mean, that's, that's something, this, this secondary depth on, on this team. I believe uh, – I'd, I'd have to look up the numbers. I don't have them in front of me. But, um, but the, the secondary scoring depth is, is fantastic, and especially on that third line to have Hornquist and Vitrano, guys that are uh, – I, I think you could project them to have 15 goals apiece, and they've got a guy who is a, a baby Barkov. So I don't think there was ever a question in my mind as to, oh, is he hurt? Maybe he, that, that seemed to be the only thing that would keep him, in my opinion, from really being the third line center. I think he's better than Listerainen. Um, No offense to Listerainen. Uh The reason Listerainen's on the roster is Achari's out. But if Achari were here, I think Listerainen's in Charlotte. Mm. So I don't think there was any 
question in my mind, you know, who is going to be that third line center? Um, he's, he's just, he's got the size. He's, he's the Finnish league experience is not something to, to balk at. Um, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he does. He's got a good veteran having Hornquist next to him. Vitrano's a good guy. He's, he's paired with even the right people. I think uh, people who uh, can do a lot of dirty work, not to say that he, you know, backs off from any of that, but, but he can kind of just do what he needs. He doesn't need to do more than that. He's got the two guys that can um, help him just focus. He's got guys who are, are veterans. I think Hornquist is a great guy to, for him to be paired up with. Uh, it, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he, he reacts. And the other thing is if it doesn't quite work out, he's got a contract that lets him go to the minors and they're not, they don't have to worry about, you know, losing him. That's not even in the, it's not even a question. So, so give him the chance, let him, you know, see how he does and, um, and go from there. It, it, again, long, long season. So they, they have some time to figure that out. But I, I think out of everyone who is a candidate for that spot, you know, for me, it was very hard to see him being knocked off to, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. And that was just the scare at first when the injury first happened. But of course, with it's it's hockey, it's the NHL. They don't reveal the severity of injuries. It, it's just it, it's it's hard to get a word out on based on like what a player's uh, status is. Lower body injury, day to day, okay, but that could mean weeks. <laughs> so that yeah. that that's really uh, definitely what it came down to. And with Lindell, he's he has a great mix of his line mates with him of speed with Vitrano and clutch and the clutch gene that mm-hmm. Vitrano has and veteran uh, presence. Uh, with uh Patrick Hornquist on on his right side so and the one thing that uh coach Q also talked about with Lundell is that he's going to be definitely used on the penalty kills some and that's also going to be missed with uh Nolachari not being mm-hmm. around uh, so, uh like Nolachari what we know is a guy who just eats pucks and yeah now uh Anton Lundell is going to get that opportunity to to definitely uh kill off penalties and let let's shift to let's shift to uh season expectations and for for me i'm thinking of it as when the florida panthers make the playoffs i think they will finish in the top 3 i have a really good feeling that they will actually win the division because of the the fact that tampa bay their focus is the playoffs the florida mm-hmm. panthers haven't even won a playoff series since 96 something we all know but they uh yeah (laughs) but they they want to get every advantage they can they're very motivated as far as wanting to get the the division wanting to get any advantage that they have over tampa bay but i want to talk about what if they don't meet those what what do you think is the floor for the florida panthers team Oh gosh, do we have to go there? I feel like we've done that for 25 years. <laughs> no, I think, gosh, I, you know what? I, I, I'm trying to be positive these days. After this past year and a half, I'm trying to think positive. <laughs> you, you, you're messing with my vibe here. I think, um, I think they're a playoff team. There, there has to be something so drastic that happens to this team. Um, that would keep them out of the playoffs. That's how much depth they have. 
I mean, you, you mentioned it a moment ago. You've got Anthony Duclair, who was your first line winger or one of your first line wingers last year on your fourth line. And he's he's he probably doesn't belong on a fourth line. I, I'm not saying he's necessarily a top line winger, but I don't think he's necessarily a fourth line guy either. I think there are many other teams or who would be um, higher up in, in, in the depth chart. Um, man, like if, if, if the, if the absolute drastic happens, let's, let's walk through like a terrible scenario. Let's, let's say that either a, um, a lot of the guys are picked for Olympic teams. They go over, you know, they, they give a lot of energy. They come back, they're kind of exhausted or you have a rash of injuries, you know, throughout the season where just as they keep having the shuffle lines or pairings, they just can't get the chemistry that they have among the guys who, you know, are their opening night guys. Um, I still think they are probably seven, seven or eighth in, in the, in the conference. I, I think they still get in. That's obviously not what they want to happen. Um, and, you know, again, now you just put the, the fear in me about, oh no, let's not, not my intention. No, I, I still think even, I mean, now, I mean, if the injuries are so horrifically bad where, you know, you're losing your, you know, two thirds of your top line, maybe one in your middle six, one or two in your middle six, you know, if you lose an Ekblad again, like, you know, or even a, a, a Uyghur who, you know, I, I think you've got some, some issues, but the, but the depth is pretty solid. The, the depth is good. You think of some of the guys that they've sent down, um, you know, Hepo Niemi, uh, Denisenko, I think they do still need some seasoning, but those are pretty good guys to s- slot in. If you need to, you know, the skill set is there. Um, but that I don't think that can be long term at this point. I don't I don't think you could have someone come in and um, you know be there for three months and and expect the same out of whoever they're they're replacing. Uh, so I yes, in in a worst case scenario, I still their their bubble. I still think they could squeeze in at seven or eight. But I, I, but that's I just don't want to go there. <laughs> and you sorry could... if we ruined everyone's morning, folks. <laughs> No, hey, we got to think of these possibilities, of course. I know, but I know. There's a reason why, and there's a reason why when they made that trade for Sam Reinhardt that they put conditions on that uh, pick for it being top 10 protected. And you mentioned it as well, Anthony Duclair being the fourth line uh, winger for that fourth line. Many, many question on whether he should be on the second line with Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto based on that run that they went on last year. But man, one player I really want to talk about real quickly is Owen Tippett. Uh, I think this guy is in for a taking that next step. And one thing I mentioned is that he last year, he needed to be on that on in the top six in order to like elevate his game, but even in the preseason, but we can make what we will about preseason in the preseason, Mm -hmm. even in the first game against Dallas, when it was mostly the young guys playing, he was creating his own shots. There was the power play where he was, shooting three times and he was he found a way to deflect it off Mark Schmidt for a goal and then mm-hmm. creating a breakaway in that game in Orlando and then scoring twice and he he was trying he was finding a way to get on the score sheet even without his typical line mates of Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto what do you think of uh of a of a season that 
Owen Tippett could possibly have this year. I, I, I think he, I completely agree that he is, he is on the rise. I think for the past, um, I guess maybe two to three, probably three seasons, uh, the focus for him uh, was to round out his game. So when they drafted him, they knew he was just an absolute sniper. He is just, uh, he, he's got a great shot. Uh, he's uh, w- one thing that's fun to watch with him is he's, he's a bigger guy. I think um, not, not necessarily like tall and tall and big, um, but, but he's, he's, he's bigger. He is a little bit more size uh, than, you know, a typical winger. So uh, one thing that's fun to watch him is when he's uh, basically trying to separate from one of his defenders, suddenly he just has another gear that he turns it into and he just accelerates. And I don't think that's, Um, something a lot of people realize about him because of that size. So I think with him, um, I I always hate putting numbers on things, but I I would think maybe at least 15. It it would be more, it'll be more if he, if he sticks on that second line, that's, that's for sure. But I think at minimum, if he's for whatever reason, bounced around different lines, I think at least he's, he's in the, you know, the 15 goal range, kind of like a, like a Vetrano would be. And that, that to me is the thing with, um, with Tippett. I was wondering for a while, I'm like, okay, they've penciled him in on the second line, but is he going to keep this, um, you know, with, with the preseason play? Because Vetrano had a great preseason as well. So it was, I, I kind of felt, okay, is there competition going on here? Obviously they're, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt to keep the spot he earned last year. Uh, he's playing with two great guys. He's, I think right now he's rounded out that game. And now I think that maybe someone is hopefully told him, okay, like, looks good. Looks like your game's round, r- well-rounded. You know, that shot we drafted you for have at it, just, just have <laughs> at it, you know? And I, I think that we're going to see that more. I think he's, he's earned his spot he, uh, on the team. He's earned his spot on that line. And now it's like unleashed. I, I think he's in that position to be to be unleashed and it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch and and you hope he he succeeds you hope he succeeds mm-hmm. and it's that you were talking about Vetrano having a great uh preseason as well started off uh with that hat trick in the split squad doubleheader against uh the Nashville Predators and that it's the good competition that we that many people it's cliche I know but it's the competition within the team that it's just great for everyone. It brings out the best in everybody. And one final question that I uh, have uh, for you is who do you think will be the first prospect out of AHL Charlotte to make their way on to the NHL roster of who's there right now and who is going to eventually make their way, whether it's Mm. been here before or somebody making their debut for the first time. You know why that's tough? Because I don't, like the depth that they have now, like, like, I mean, technically you could argue, well, you know, well, I mean, he illustrated made the, made the team obviously, but I mean, if you lose a winger, you know, you've got a guy like Thornton. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, it's hard to see when they tap into Charlotte at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It's it. I think what it'll end up being. It, it's it, they're at a point where they have so much depth. This is not going to be a team like we've seen in past years, where you have this 
like good prospect. You want to give him a chance, um, see what he can do. How does he thrive in this situation? Like, like the Panthers have over the past, you know, few years before they had all this depth. Now they they have such riches in terms of depth. Anyone who gets called up, I think is literally going to be what piece are they missing? What style of play do they need? Do they need, you know, if it's a defenseman, do they need right? Do they need left? Like who, you know, who fits the need, not necessarily who's the stud guy who we want to see. That's, and that's something that's, again, it's different for people to be even considering at this point, because for how long has, has this team not had the depth? Therefore, you know, they'd say, yeah, let's see what this guy can do. They're not at that point anymore. This is a completely different situation. This is a this is a situation that has not been seen here in a generation. Um, this is not about developing prospects at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not about seeing who's who's the stud. I, I think any call up is literally going to be what is the need? How do we fill that? Um, and and that's what it is. I'm not trying to, you know, cop out because I mean. I, I think out of the out of the prospects, I think Heponiemi had a pretty good camp. I thought he looked mm-hmm. pretty good. He was uh, doing everything he needed to be doing. Uh, got a goal in that mix. Uh, skates with a lot of energy, but he just still needs time. He just he just needs that time. So um, I don't I, as much as I thought he did well. I don't think he would necessarily be a first call up. Um, I, again, I think that's going to be what do we need? Let's make sure we fill that gap. Call that guy up and um go from there mm-hmm. for for me i feel just because based on uh draft status and based on hope for this guy i would think Grigory denisenko because of his flexibility on to play uh either wing with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer. Choosing only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are are reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And uh, something I didn't, uh, I didn't actually catch um, as I'm refreshing my uh, 
Twitter feed right now. Um, on while I was driving over here yesterday, uh, the Florida Panthers have placed Marcus Nudavara on IR after practice. So somebody, um, it looks like that Chase Prisky is actually currently on the on the roster for the Florida Panthers, or he or Matt Kirstead, which I'm going to assume Matt Kirstead because he has experience here. But the South Florida kid, Chase Prisky, from I believe Pembroke Pines, if I'm not mistaken, he is a uh, yeah, will be on the opening night uh, roster for the Florida Panthers. So really exciting for um, I, I've kind of accepted that the Florida Panthers have lost the Vincent Trocek trade um, with uh, getting Paula Walmart as guys who were going to walk. But anyway. did they? Did, excuse me. Uh, but but I mean, I guess, see, I guess with with trades, as I was going to say, but but did they only because you freed up money. And now. If you look at who you have as your second line center, who would you rather have? Oh yeah, I, I would. You know I what would, I mean? I, that, <laughs> See, I th- I think of things a lot differently than a lot of people. Just like, oh well, you know, win the trade because you're gonna you're gonna win trades, you're gonna lose trades. Mm-hmm. There's some trades that you just you have to dump a player, and you're gonna lose that trade. You know, it's so I, I try not to look at the wins and who won, who lost, but it's kind of like, well, what was the situation before and after, right? Like if you it. if they were. Even last year, you know, okay, Wenberg comes in to basically replace Trocek. He really wasn't terrible. He was, he was, a, you know, what was it, eighteen goals? That's that's pretty darn good. Season. I mean, I'm I I have no doubt. I I don't remember what Trocek finished with last year. I would I would expect more out of Trocek, but at the same time, you know, maybe maybe that was a piece that just didn't fit the way it should have, and maybe they were trying to you know, pound in the, <laughs> pound in the piece to make the puzzle fit. And it just wasn't going. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens. So, so yeah, I don't, I, I look at things a lot differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that's so. a fair way of, that's a fair way of looking at it. And to my knowledge, he hasn't signed a contract extension with uh, Carolina yet. So if he walks, if he walks and doesn't find a contract extension, then you could look back at that trade by, uh, by the Florida Panthers and say, Hmm. And look at these pieces that the Florida Panthers have now in Lusterine and, and Prisky. And these are the guys who stayed uh, longer term. But yeah, the the point I was trying to make earlier was they could uh, salvage something out of that trade with uh, Vincent Trojak just taking his game to another level uh, yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. But it maybe it's just really at this point, like all about fit and relationships with Coach Q. There were uh, things behind the scenes that we still don't know on mm-hmm. the relationship. And what what really what really happened between the two? So maybe maybe uh, maybe the point was like that. Maybe that the Florida Panthers could find uh, the prospects in Lusterine and, and Prisky and make something out of it for uh, something better long term. And you brought up a great point with second line center um, now with Sam Bennett and taking that place that that the production that Trocek had when when he was here. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was kind of replaceable in a way. Yeah, and and I think Trocheck's a, a a good talent. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that he was just in that situation where it just wasn't working. He needed to go somewhere else, clear his head, find find his game again, and it you know he he's got that capability as well. So it ended up being in Carolina, but. um but yeah, I think again, sometimes you just you look at a situation and you say, you know, what are what are the team's needs? Where is where is a flaw? If he was a flaw in that second line, how do we improve that second line? Um, 
you know, Wenberg, I think, was an improvement based on what they were getting out of Trocek. I mean, we know what Trocek's capable of, but it wasn't coming from him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then knowing that Wenberg was just on a one-year deal, they had to think, well, are we going to have him? Well, we probably could re-sign him, but is there another option out there? So it's, I mean, that's, I think it's part of the fun of sports is that, yeah, sometimes you have to give something up to, you know, make your situation as a whole better. It's, you know, Vincent Trocek is not going to win you a Stanley cup alone, Mm -hmm. but you know, you know, who won that trade Panthers lose their fourth line center guy. Who's a, a, a very important cog in Achari. And they have a guy like Lou Steranen who got some good experience last year. He was not terrible. Maybe it was that, again, he was still kind of developing. He slots in just right on that, that fourth line. And, you know, you hope that they can keep moving forward, that it, it's not too much of a, um, you know, a problem that they, they lost a guy like Achari. So uh, it's, yeah, it's... It's it's more than one player. It's more than a couple pieces that got moved in a deal to me. It's there's salary cap that's involved. There's mm. numbers long term that are involved. Um, it's it's I again I don't just just look at A and B. It's it's that's a, a good way to look at it. There's so many things. Hey, this is this is why I bring the uh, people like you, the David Dorks on the on the show, the Jameson Olives to to get to give that different perspective other than like mine. So. Uh, it's funny uh we we went on a little bit of a different direction but honestly i'm glad that you uh made a count a counter argument on my on my uh, based on like what i was saying so i'm i'm thankful for that so i i did say the last question was my last question but this will be my last one uh where do you think the florida panthers end up uh this season um hmm i think uh i think after seeing Tampa, I was say I was saying second or third in the division, but you know what? After seeing Tampa, they did they did lose a quarter of their uh, their forward lines, and that's something that would that that could have an impact more than people think. Uh, actually, Panthers fans should know that most definitely. That sometimes when you have key pieces in a in a in a team and you pull that team apart. Uh, anyone remember Stu Barnes, Jason Lilly? When you pull that apart, sometimes it's a catalyst for things to start coming apart. So I was thinking, you know, Tampa's really got to be the team that's knocked off. Um, I was saying I think Florida would be second to third in the division. I, I maybe maybe now after seeing that first game, maybe they have a shot at the division. But again, I, I think what they just need to concentrate, they need to think like the the nineties Detroit Red Wings in the sense that, you know, you got to get into the playoffs, do what you need to get in, make sure you are conserving energy so that you peak at the right time. That's I think the the lesson they learned last year because they went into the playoffs hot, (laughs) really hot. And that was a concern. So I think that uh, as long as they get in, I, I think that maybe you you want to try to avoid a matchup with Tampa in the first round as much as everyone wants to see it. They need to get that 25-year monkey off their back, which is now probably gorilla-sized, <laughs> to just win that playoff series. So I think second or third in the division, they do. I think they 
probably have a shot at the division, um, especially if Tampa can continues or just has some hiccups. And um, but but playoff team, playoff team, just get to the playoffs. That's all they need to worry about. Get to the playoffs, conserve some energy, peak at the right time. And you said it best. Just get that playoff series win out of the way because you you win one, your confidence is at a different level. And you you win one series, you you believe you have that belief that you can just continue on after that. So I I I'm, I definitely agree with uh, that point. So for for my listeners, uh, plug plug your stuff. I know I know you're more popular out there in the Twitterverse than than I am, but. Uh, <laughs> But, no, no, been on Twitter for, for too long, and I'm still, I'm still the, the person on the soapbox in the park, just you know, yelling out. Some people stop and listen, maybe throw a little change, but no. <laughs> so plug in your stuff there, Aaron. Uh, sure. So if if you want to follow uh, at Rinkside on Twitter, uh, seemingly got a bunch of things in the hockey news uh lately obviously the yearbook hopefully you can find it on newsstands the preview is in that uh if you find the new guy issue there is a feature on sam reinhardt and then there is also a special edition the top 75 celebrating the hockey news 75th anniversary uh in which i break down the all-time panthers team and the top three teams uh in panthers history and i'm sure you know which one is number one Ooh, <laughs> definitely uh worth a read that's for sure so uh, I want to thank you, uh, Aaron, for uh, coming on to this show of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And o- opening night is here. Uh, let's have fun with this one. Absolutely. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decade of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. So follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Aaron Brown. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>